Hello and welcome to the Modesta Mahiga 360 Leadership Podcast. So thrilled to have you join us on this incredible episode. Oh, I cannot wait. In a minute, I'll introduce you to our guests today. But guess what the topic is? Why more pay does not mean more wealth. And just saying that is going to have somebody who really feels like I need more pay. That person is probably thinking, but that's it. You know what? Give me more pay and I will tell you. I'll show you how I can convert it. And the conversation today is going to be about the fact that it doesn't necessarily translate to that. My guest today is Samuel Dandala. He's a growth mindset leader with over 13 years of experience in finance, reporting, local and international tax, as well as transfer pricing. He has advised a number of multinational banks in Africa and Europe on finance strategy and taxation. Samuel has been a member of the Tanzanian's finance minister's think tank, advising him on fiscal policy matters. He's also addressed the budgetary committee of the Parliament of the United Republic of Tanzania. Samuel also regularly produces thought leadership materials and publications. An effective communicator, he's delivered numerous technical trainings and talks in professional and business associations, including the ACCA UK, CPA Tanzania, CEO Roundtable Tanzania, South African, American, British and European Union business groups in Tanzania. Samuel holds a master's from the School of Oriental and African Studies from the University of London and a bachelor degree in finance from Mzumba University in Tanzania. He is a member of the Chartered Certified Accountants UK and Certified Public Accountant, CPA, Tanzania. Ladies and gentlemen of the 360 Leadership Community, let's welcome Samuel Nandala. Samuel, you've been sharing great wisdom on personal finance online. But I know this isn't your day job. What's made you so passionate about helping and challenging others with their personal finance? Yeah, so um, just a personal story here. Mm-hmm. I went to a boarding school for my primary education. Um, I think I was 10 or 11, and the school was in Moshi, mm-hmm. sort of northern Tanzania. And I remember... Uh, my mom coming to pick me up um, from school for the holidays. Um, and obviously, uh, coming from a, what you would classify lower middle class family, um, yes. you know, there wasn't a total lack of everything, but, but you know, there was scarcity. Mm. Therefore, my mom, my mom came, you know, she picked me up and um, we got on a bus. Um, and I think at that time, the, the fare, if I remember correctly, the fare from Moshi to Dar es Salaam, which is the capital of Tanzania, mm. uh, was around 5,000 shillings. And she'd carried, I think, 10,000 for the both of us, mm-hmm. um, and some, an extra 10,000 to, to, to eat something uh, along the way. You know, we would stop in those days in Korogwe or Tanga and get like chicken. Uh, some snacks and stuff like that. Mm. And uh, we get to uh, the bus stop and the prices of the fare were double the price. Um, and I, you know, at that time, we didn't have any phones or any communication. So we could only manage a ticket mm. uh, for, for, for the both of us, but we couldn't manage to eat anything for eight hours. Um, 
And as a young boy, I remember this visit because my mom sat me down and said, look, Sam, my son, I know you're tired and you're excited and you want to eat and it's holiday. You know, as a child, you, you're looking forward to enjoying the candies and everything. And she yeah. says, look, the fares have gone up. We only have money to, 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 to get on a bus. Uh, you're just going to have to bear with me for the next eight hours. You're not going to eat anything. You're not going to drink anything. Mm. And we're going to get home, right? Mm. And I remember, I remember uh, vividly thinking to myself, oh, my God, this is what happens when you don't have enough money, right? Mm. And, 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 my, and, and my thinking at that time was I should never be, be in this position again. Obviously, my mom... Uh, was the one who struggled more because she couldn't provide for, for you know, her son. And I, I could see the sadness on her face. I could see how she, she felt very disappointed. But I think it has been uh, that point in my life where I thought, oh, you really need to manage your money well. You really need to budget because if you don't, there will be circumstances that, um, that will put you in a spot where you, you're just not going to be comfortable. And uh, I suppose um, from then on, I've always... <laughs> been the guy who friends um, come to uh, for you know personal finance advice and the, if they have a little bit of money and they don't want to spend it they'll give it to me and then I you know I become the family accountant and family treasurer and, and, and everywhere I've been I've kind of been the, the guy who holds and, and keeps the purse uh, but my, my day job is my day job has a lot to do with finance but not personal. Uh, so I am a I am a tax advisor. I'm a I'm a I'm a financing advisor. I'm a structuring and, and corporate um, finance advisor, um, and I enjoy doing that. It's complicated. It's interesting. It's fascinating. Uh, you get to make an impact. You get to train people. But what I've seen over the years is that um, a lot of people can be very good at what they do. Mm. A lot of leaders, we're talking to leaders, mm -hmm. um, uh, can be very good at what they do. They lead, they encourage, they motivate people. But that doesn't necessarily translate into good stewardship of their personal finances. Mm. And you see executives and corporate, uh, and corporate leaders and entrepreneurs sometimes, um, not, 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 not for the lack of generating you know, revenue, but just for the lack of you know skills in, in managing their personal finance and they struggle and what and you see when you struggle with personal finances it kind of seeps into other areas of your life you know yeah. your relationships also get to struggle your, your relationship with friends home and, and everything in a way hinges on your ability to manage this this important resource called money so that you're able to live comfortably and relate with people so that's why i'm quite i'm quite passionate about it i think it's it's very important, but I also think it's not something that has been uh, taught and, and paid as much atten attention as it should be uh, in schools and curriculum. So, mm -hmm. so kids have to learn these things the hard way as adults, mm -hmm. uh, whilst you, know, you, could, you could empower them and equip them with those skills uh, when, they're, when they're still young. Wow. So, Sam, um, you know, I kind of prepped myself for this... Um for this episode and then now I'm, I'm undone and I'm all over the place. So here I am live recording and I, you know, I, one part of me is gathering myself. Another part of me is trying to <laughs> see what to ask next. But so I, I relate to that. And, 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 and what you're saying is this is not taught. This is so many people's stories. 
Mm. Um, yet, I recently saw that Zambia uh, really mm. put personal finance as a, you know, a separate subject, I think, you know, developed a curriculum. Now it's a, it's a subject that's being taught from elementary level, you know, primary mm. school. Mm. Um, and, and many people are learning it late, if at all, if they will at all have mm. the humility, you know, especially people in, in finance and accounting and economics. I'd be like, I know these things. No, you don't. Yeah. You're floundering in your life. Absolutely not. I mean, I mean, if they did, we wouldn't have uh, all this crisis around. <laughs> right? And, and we, yeah. we, we live in crisis mode. Um, so mm. you're sharing your story and then sharing, you know, your, where your passion came from and, and the fact that, you know, you're known for this and you really want to help out people with this. Um, mm. the, the title of what we're talking about today is that, is that uh, you know, more money does not necessarily mean more wealth. Mm. So what does it take, right? And because mm. I've also heard of, 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 of people who earn less and are able to do more, whether it's build or, mm. or education or healthcare or whatever, and their people earn more mm. and they live paycheck to paycheck. Like that money doesn't mm. come in and all of a sudden, mm. you know, it shows in their lives. Mm. So mm. what does it take then? What does it yeah. take uh, for us to be good financial stewards? And, and what did you yeah. mean for, for that to be taught? Yeah, I mean, so I think you're you're bang on the money there in 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 terms of it needing to be taught, mm. uh, and perhaps it be it be needed to be seen lived um, as a as a as a as a child. I think some things are taught and some things are absorbed uh, wow. in a in a very tacit way, and 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 I've found that those friends, colleagues, and acquaintances of mine who had the power, the power of example, uh, the power of mm. parents um, sitting down and talking about finances and talking about budgets and talking about investing from, from the young age, I find that those lessons, they don't have to be proper curriculums, but those lessons sink mm. in and, and help um, along the way. Um, but, but equally, important to remember is that um, earnings do not necessarily translate into wealth. Uh, one interesting statistic um, that I keep going back to mm. um, is that uh, in, you know, you are in the States. In the States, only 15% of millionaires uh, hold senior leadership roles. Mm. Only 15%. So if you for every for every hundred millionaires, mm. eighty-five of them are not at the C-suite level. Wow. Um, they're not even sort of higher management. They're they're usual everyday people, teachers, um, accountants, wow. um, mechanics, engineers. Those are the people who generate wealth um, and keep the wealth. Um, mm. So 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 it's it's true that earnings do not necessarily translate into into wealth, especially wealth that sticks. Mm. We're talking about intergenerational wealth, where uh, somebody leaves behind um, not just a legacy of wisdom and character and training, but also a legacy of wealth for 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 the for the next generation. Um, and I think it takes. It takes understanding and personalizing um, what what wealth means uh, for people, and and to me, um, 
it, it took me a while to 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 figure out what I wanted uh, for my life, what I defined wealth to, to be. And mm. to me, wealth is just freedom, right? It's 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 freedom mm. to to do what I want without being encumbered by financial limitations. And there are yeah. scales to it, right? So uh, it's freedom from want, just regular wants. It's freedom from uh, having to do a job that you don't necessarily enjoy or, or, or you know find uh, satisfying. It's also freedom from associating uh, with people that you don't necessarily enjoy associating with. And all of that comes with a degree of, of wealth generation. Mm. Um, and, and, and the truth of the matter is, is wealth is what is left that is not spent. So whatever the number it is that you're generating, wealth is only that which is left after you've spent it all. That's messed and, up, Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay. Continue. Right. I, I really just 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 uh, lean in on that. It, it, so it's not yeah. it's not what money you have at your disposal and, and what you're spending it on. It's what's left after you've done all of that. Yeah. In fact, everything that everything that you see is money that has been spent, right? Mm -hmm. So so in a way, we we've got our metrics wrong. We we we, we seem to think that wealthy people are those with big houses, big cars, big this, big, yeah. you know, fashion designer clothes, handbags, stuff like that. Yeah. That's actually not wealth. Wealth is what is left uh, after they've spent money on those things. Now, it's all relative, right? Uh, if you have a lot of money coming in and then you, you spend quite a bit of it, then you still have wealth. So it depends with what, what one looks at it. But, but here's, a, here's another interesting way I, I, I tend to think of uh, about wealth. Um, the, the only thing that you can't really buy is time, right? Yeah. That's the only yeah. thing you can't really get back. You can't buy back. And, and I have formulated this idea and I borrowed it from, from Buckminster Fuller. And Buckminster Fuller said, wealth is the amount of days, weeks, months, or years you can go without actively working and still be comfortable at the same lifestyle. So in other words, if I've got $1,000 um, in my bank um, and I only spend $1,000 a month, my wealth is literally one month, right? Oh if, I'm spending, if I'm earning a million dollars a year mm. and I'm spending a million dollars a year, my wealth is zero, right? Yeah. So, so the, the, the issue is how much do you have now that you have accumulated that can keep you going without you having to work uh, actively, you yeah. know. And, and and the higher that number is, some people's number is infinity because they're generating money faster than they're able to spend. That's great. Or they are spending less and less money than they are generating. That's even better. So it's a it's a it's a denominator numerator thing. And 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 a, a lot of times we focus a lot on how much that is spent is spent and has been spent and these things that we're showing off and unfortunately we have social media and we have friends so it, it's a very silent competition to show off who's got the most but but really personal finance is far is, is personal so only you know how much wealth you've got i don't know what to do with this with this podcast like i wish i wasn't the host i'm struggling here 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Which is why, like you said, you know, it's the accountants, it's the engineers, it's the plumbers, it's the teachers, the people who are wealthy, you may not be able mm. to see it on them. Absolutely. Absolutely. They, they, they're not flashy. They, they, they don't have the latest cars. You know, they're not, I'm not saying that they don't, they haven't learned to live life. Yeah. That's yeah. not what I'm saying, but they're very clear on their priorities, right? Mm. They, they, they know what is valuable to them and they're focused on that. And they're focused on, on keeping that, that wealth going as opposed to showing off. And, and, and there's something, there's something to be said about these vocations that are quite mechanical and patient. So you see teachers, engineers, um, they also appreciate that there are laws and there's a process to, to getting somewhere. You know, there are stages, you know, engineers know that there's foundation, there's building, there's roofing, and that takes time. Here's another interesting fact. Uh, an average millionaire uh, is, is 57 years old. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> you know? So if, if, if I'm talking to a millennial, everyone wants to be a millionaire. And I'm not saying we can't, but I'm saying it takes time, especially that legal wealth that sticks takes time. Yeah. Um, and we are sold this uh, lie, this fallacy that, you know, it's got to be quick. You've got to get it today. You've got to get it tomorrow. But anyone who's, who's built a career, who's built a business, who's built a family, who's built a relationship knows who's built an organization as leaders. You know that it takes decades. It takes time. And, and we, you know, we've forgotten that that process of generating wealth also uh, takes time. Now, if you think about it, somebody who's 50, and, you know, if that's an average, that means a lot of people are older than that. Few are younger than that, but a lot of people are older than that. But if you think about it, how many, you know, people in their 30s or 40s feel like they are late or they or they, they've somehow, uh, you know, they're losers because they haven't quite hit those numbers. But it just takes compounding. It takes time. It's a process. It takes daily habits of, 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 um, of those wealth creation uh, mannerisms that, that get you there in the end. So I suppose that's also the good news that um, with the right mindset, with the right thinking, with some, um, with some discipline, um, almost everyone can generate wealth as long as they are able to, 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 to create some income. Samuel, that's definitely the silver lining. You know, when I, when yeah. I, everything you've said thus far, I, you know, I needed a silver lining. And I think, I think you, you brought me back. You, you've, you've thrown me uh, a bit of rope mm. here. So it's mm. mindset. I, and um, yeah. it's so interesting. You, you, you talking about the things that we didn't learn as kids, you know, many of us have to learn. And for those that are even willing to learn in adulthood, yeah. Many, many of us actually just repeating the same cycle and our kids yeah. have to figure it out as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, Dave Ramsey, who is known out here as, you know, a personal finance guru, especially helping families, you know, American families get out of debt and American yeah. families are highly indebted. Being in debt is, is how people maintain their lifestyle in the U.S. Yeah. And, yeah. and he says that, you know, personal finance is, is, is 80 percent mindset and 20 percent um, skill set. And, and mm. when, when I asked earlier, so is this something that should be taught? And I made reference to Zambia. And you said, mm. you know what? It can also be caught. This can be mm. something that people are exposed to. But, mm. you know, it, it takes mindset to think in a certain way, to behave in a certain way, and see the value mm. of imparting mm. that on future mm. generations. Um, mm. 
without without going too much into you know uh, I don't know social psychology and and, and anthropology, mm-hmm. what are we missing mm-hmm. in our societies that then mm-hmm. we're missing the importance of building wealth, which you have defined so beautifully. It's really freedom of time and how mm-hmm. long you can go without having to actively work for money. Right, mm. just being free mm. to live the life that you want, uh, without mm. pressures that I, you know I'm going to limit myself because I need the money, and also mm. being free to not even work if you choose not to, and there's still mm. money uh, that you mm. have access to. Yeah. Why? Why is this a challenge? Why do the majority do you think not have this mindset? Yeah. I, well. Well, first of all, I think. Um, I think Dave Ramsey is, is is absolutely correct in this. I mean, one can argue: is it is it is it twenty percent or eighty percent? Is it seventy nine twenty one or is it you know fifteen eighty five? Uh, but but really, um, behavior is more powerful than knowledge. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, it's not just personal finance; it's mm-hmm. personal health. Mm-hmm. Uh, is more about behavior than head knowledge. Mm. Relationships, leadership is more about behavior than than it is about knowledge. Um, one of the <laughs> one of the uh, you know cliches that uh, I think are absolutely wrong is if I knew better, I would do better. Mm. I mean, uh, Paul talks about the things that I want to do, I don't do, no. and the things that. The things I know I should do, I'm not doing. The things I don't want to do, I keep, I keep finding myself in a, in a situation I keep doing them. Mm. So there, there, there is that, that transition between knowledge and permanent action, not just action, mm-hmm. consistent mm-hmm. permanent action, mm. uh, is I think that's where, that's where it's at, right? Yeah. And, and sometimes it takes pain to, uh, to get that transition. You're lucky if you come from a family... Um, uh, there was a time I was working in South Africa, mm. um, and we I I went to um, an annual general meeting of this company, um, and the majority shareholders I think were Jewish. Um, you know, it was a Jewish family. Uh, just judging from the from the attire, let's mm. say what they were wearing, mm. you know, and and what was interesting was that that family. Obviously, the, the head of the family was the, the shareholder, but that family had the entire family, and I mean everyone in the family, including the kids. Mm. And every one of them was seated first, first row. They're reading the prospectus. They're reading the, the earnings report. They're reading the, uh, the currency movement. Uh, they ran the, against the dollar. Mm. And I'm talking about primary school level children who are going into an annual general meeting of a company that their grandfather is owning, right? Wow. Now, it's very hard to beat that uh, because by the time this kid is a teenager, not only do they have the head knowledge, but they have the, the mindset of a wealth creator, right? Yes. And, and, I, and, I, think, and I think that is lost, um, you know, particularly this part of the world where um, finances are... A taboo subject. Mm. Um, my my father is a pastor, mm. um, and we talk about uh, everything really uh, when we sit for dinner at home. But I once challenged him. I said, "Look, you you preach to us all the time, but we've never, as a family, sat down 
to talk about finances. How are we doing? Mm. Um, are we in debt? Mm. Uh, what's our budget? Mm. What's our projection? What's your retirement plan? You know, are these things that you talk on a you talk on a regular basis with your spouse, with your children, mm. with your family? Mm. Because often you find that the, those who are doing relatively well are keeping that information from the rest of the people who are not doing very well. And therefore, everyone has to start from scratch because we're not sharing this information. Or maybe sometimes we're very suspicious um, about this information. But once you, once you appreciate it, then you are where you are. I think that's where everybody starts with their own personal finance journey. Yeah. And, and then now, once you, once you start understanding that you need to create uh, these habits, then you almost need to think, okay, so what are the steps that I need to start taking uh, to reform myself to become a person who actually retains uh, some of the wealth from the from the uh, income that I generate, mm. and I'll I'll also I'll also point out one um, issue here, and I, I don't want to call it peer pressure or societal pressure. Mm. Uh, maybe let me use an illustration, right? Um, um, some some months back. Uh, this last, uh, I think, Ramadan, um, some friends, I got a call from a friend and they were at, uh, I think they, was at, they were at, at Serena at the time and they were having iftar, you know, we're friends, Tanzanian culture is very much, you know, welcoming. And um, people are breaking the fast and um, say, hey, Sam, you want to come over? It's a, it's a bunch of us, it's friends, let's just... Uh, uh, have some some dinner here at Serena. I said, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm 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 gonna come. Yeah. And um, come, I I get there and it's ten friends and they're having a good time and it's iftar and it's a buffet. It's Serena Hotel, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I ask and I say, look, guys, how much is the how much is the how much is the iftar? It's a buffet. How much is it? And they say, I think it was one hundred and thirty-five thousand per Feelings per person, mm-hmm. and I thought to myself, I really am not that hungry. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> right. I'm really not that hungry. I'm just gonna have a you know a, a cup of tea mm-hmm. because I'm here for the company. Yeah, and it became a big issue because why am I not supporting <laughs> people who are having a good time? Mm-hmm. I'm becoming a party pooper, mm-hmm. and I and I tell everybody, look, guys, I'm having a good time with you. I'm just gonna have a cup of coffee, yeah. right? Yeah. And it became a real thing for two hours. Everybody was, you know, debating me, but after a while, they got used to it, and I, and then we, it's still a story we talk about. But I'm I I bring this example to illustrate that. Mm-hmm. It's not that I didn't have 135000 in my pocket mm. or in my bank account, but it's just that I didn't budget for it. Yeah. Like, I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to spend that money yeah. um, if I was going to go there alone. So money keeps leaking out of our pockets. Yeah. This, this, you know, it, it's, it's not the, it's, it's the small leaks that sink a boat, right? Yeah. It's not these big, massive expenses, but it's, it's this small pressures that we have to conform and, and, and partake in these social events or social gathering or social commitments yeah. that at the end of the month, you think to yourself, oh my God, I don't have anything left because I've spent it all. Yeah. Uh, so again, it's, it's having a bit of, um, you know, a refined understanding of where you are, where your plans, where your plans are taking you, what you want for yourself so that you can resist 
uh, some of the pressures that, that come along your way. This is so good. So, so good. It, it really, he really does take vision and he takes, you know, values. And like yeah. you said, it, it's not just the action. It's the consistent mm-hmm. action that yeah. you make permanent yeah. Yeah. and make a difference. And throughout what, your, you know, our conversation right now, I hear you making this a generational concern. Mm. It's not even about you, the leader, and 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 how well you're faring. It's just mm. nobody lives here just for themselves. Uh, most mm. of the leaders are probably listening here. If not, mm. you know, uh, uh, in a you know marriage with children, they have extended mm. family responsibilities. Yeah. So yeah, when that is paramount in mind, you're going to make you're going to look at life differently. Like you looked at that mm. hundred thirty five thousand differently. You're going to look mm. at your decisions differently. Um, Mm. And I think it really does need to get to a place where that vision and that future, uh, Mm. you know, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Yeah. That future is a lot Mm. more appealing to you than, you know, instant gratification or, 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 or or your reputation um, um, in, in, in the present. Uh, I, I I was in a terrible situation a couple of years ago where you know you know those prayers that you pray ushering in a new year. I think mm. I'm just too raw and too open for the for the average person. Ah well, <laughs> I'm an entrepreneur. I get to say what I want when I want, and um, yeah. and I'm praying for wealth and I'm praying you know and I mean financial increase right. Mm-hmm. And and you know the Holy Spirit says for what I'm like. <laughs> Like you do not know my life, and you know what? We, I'm like, what do you mean? Of all people, this is like a friend I speak to, you're even a close friend that I, you know, I marvel. Hey, what didn't I tell you? No, this you are God. You know for what? He said that which you have, Modesto, you don't steward well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why would I give you more? I was so mm-hmm. shocked. And then, and he said, and 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 how is my kingdom going to benefit? I'm like, mm-hmm. I tithe, I offer. Like, mm-hmm. what? What is? Um, mm. so I did Dave Ramsey on my own. Uh, and again, mm. you know, when I shared it with my husband, let's do this. He goes, no, I know about finance. But anyway, so I went out and I did it by myself. And, um, and then later we were looking at, you know, what would it take to, to buy a house mm. in the U S mm. and in, in conversation, a lot of the people, not just Africans who'd, who'd emigrated, but, you know, so Asian, different people that we knew and, and, you know, uh, American, let's say white people being here generationally in the American, cause you know, we're all immigrants in America. Mm-hmm. And, and people were making reference to this course. So mm-hmm. I went back, I said, baby, it's what? So many families. I've actually gone through Dave Ramsey's Baby Steps and Financial Peace University and, mm-hmm. you know, gotten themselves to a place where in no time, you know, uh, they're buying and they're doing things debt free. And he finally, mm-hmm. you know, agreed to some of the lessons that I've learned. And, and mm-hmm. you said, this is not just about, you know, personal finance. This is about any area of your life where you now want to be intentional about mm. thriving in is mm. as leaders mm. um, we may be technically good at what we know and we may have cr- uh, climbed up the the ranks right mm. to where yeah. we are right now but mm. we, we we exist and this is what I often say in a 360 reality your spiritual financial health you mentioned this before um, mm. relational you know all of these aspects of your life they impact how well you lead mm-hmm. and how lasting your le- leadership impact and legacy will be. Mm-hmm. And 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 so I have personally had mm-hmm. to go back to other areas that if I did not learn and steward mm-hmm. well would compromise all the good work that I you know that I'm uh, that I 
want to do on this earth and I want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. You know, so this is getting counselors for things you've been through, you know, working mm -hmm. on your personal finance, improving mm -hmm. in certain areas. Um, the things that, you know, as, as an entrepreneur, you're like, we'll do this in-house. No, you put a budget mm -hmm. for a professional, you know, mm -hmm. um, so that you can truly have a strong foundation and be able to build um, from there. Mm. Now, a leader listening to us, Samuel, um, mm. they're, they're probably rattled <laughs> at this point. Yeah. They knew what was, you know, they knew, like you said, you, you alone know where you stand. Mm. Um, so they're probably taking stock of their life right now and, 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 and they're rattled. Mm. That it's, it's, it's not about the job and how much you bring in, but it's really, who are you, where are you going? How mm. much does that matter to you? And, 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 and how ready are you to build to get mm. there? Mm. So somebody listening in right now, what would you then say are the steps to take mm. uh, to do things differently mm. uh, so that they can then build wealth? Mm. Yeah, man, uh, you, there's there's just so much in your question right i mean yeah, that was a little you, 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 you're you're a phenomenal uh, interviewer because even the build-up to your question has a lot of things to unpack and if you allow me to to, to just spend a few moments before before answering that um i think first of all the fact that you 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 are humble enough um you know uh, modesta mahiga accomplished uh, woman, professional, um, entrepreneur, the, the fact that you're humble enough to um, seek help to, to get coaches and counselors, yeah. you being a coach and, and, and counselor and mentor and, and motivator yourself yeah. um, is quite profound to me. Um, and, it, and it reminds me um, of, I think, a quote... Um, um, I don't remember who, who, who wrote it, but, it, it, you know, it, it, it goes uh, like the fittest athletes have coaches, right? Mm, mm, mm. They, sometimes they have coaches with, who are less fit than they, they are, mm. right? If you mm. think about the Ronaldos of this world, the, 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 you know, the King Jameses of this world, um, mm. they, they invest so much in coaching and, and conditioning and recovery, not mm. because they, they're not fit, mm. but they know they need the coaching um, mm. to, to, to get even fitter, to perform. Yeah. They need yeah. the help, right? Um, uh, and, and, and often we, we get into situations where we find help, we find coaches, we find counselors when things are really bad, yeah. right? But we all know that the best time to go do a medical checkup is when you look healthy, right? Um, right. That's when you go check yourself. The, the, the best time to go see um, a, mar a marriage counselor is when things are good because then you, you don't have too much to fix. The, the, the best time to, to eat well is to, is to eat well when you're healthy, right? You don't wait until things, especially as a leader, you don't wait until things are so bad that's when you, you get help. So I, generally, I think um, as leaders, to be able to perform um, at peak condition, you need you really need an army of people who can help you. Uh, you know, an ecosystem of people who can help and support you in different areas. 
yeah. whether that's spiritual, uh, financial, physical, relational, um, and social, right? Yeah. And then, and then also, life is in a lot of ways. I, I'm I'm learning that life is 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 somewhat indivisible, right? You can't be struggling um, with your health and perform, you know, beyond a hundred percent at work yep. or with your family. Yep. You can't be struggling with finances and and show up to to your job or to your to the people you lead and, and, and perform well. So so you, one has to look at life in its totality and, and see that these different components must come together for one to be able to, to make that impact that we all seek to make as leaders. And, and then the third thing is that, let's face it, um, it's not impossible, but it's really hard to leave a legacy when you're struggling financially. Yeah. Right, um, you know, God is gonna God is gonna use us, but is is gonna use us uh, through resources, mm. um, and we have to be able to steward those resources well. Mm. Uh, and in some ways, God is not gonna trust us with more um, if if we don't show that we have the spirit. To steward the little that we have, however way you define little, you know, um, those who are faithful with the few will be trusted with the many. Yeah. And, and 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 as leaders, as people who we want to make an impact, as people who we want to lift, uh, people who want to lift others, I think it's important to remember that if we don't take care of our finances, either we'll be very uncomfortable or we will be compromised, because it can get to a point where. You're struggling so much financially that uh, your values are on the line, and and yeah. and, and and we're human. Um, so 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 that's a very. It's not just me being comfortable as a leader. It's not just being able to afford a good house, a good car, you know, good school for my children. It's really tied to my ability to influence and impact and leave a legacy. Yeah. This 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 financial stewardship is some serious stuff, right? Yep. Now now. So if, if there's someone, someone struggling um, or someone feeling like they are not where they are uh, or they're not where they should be, sorry, mm. um, I think the first, um, I, I do a course on, on, on personal finance and, and, and the, first, um, the first thing I always say to people I coach is, you have to take 100% responsibility and 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 part of that is being crystal clear about where you are there's such a thing as financial denial mm. uh, and it's everywhere um, um, we often want to fit in mm. uh, and everybody's trying to fit in without knowing how they fit in and, and, and if you're not careful, you can live a life of financial, financial denial. So take a really honest look at your finances mm. um, and have a sense of where your net worth is. Where, where are all my assets? Mm. How are they performing? Where are all my liabilities? Am I happy with it? Mm, mm. That's going to take a while, especially for someone who hasn't, look at, who hasn't looked at their finances in a long time. And this is another trick. Just look at your finances at least once a month, you know. Mm -hmm. 
you know, it, so it reminds you where you are. So that's that's step number one. You you got to have a really clear picture of where you are. And this is not some imaginary wealth. It's not an imaginary deal that is coming that you've already assumed it's yours and it's it's in your bank account. It's not, you know, an imaginary. Why do you keep doing this? Stop it. Something <laughs> <laughs> I refuse for you to go down this line of the Okay, continue, continue. <laughs> you know, it, it it's not it's not a grant, a loan, a deal that is coming that mm. you've already pocketed in your and you you know, you've pocketed in your mind that you live as if you already have it, right? And you're you're talking to suppliers as if you already <laughs> closed the deal, right? So so oh, yeah. um you know, I think that's 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 number just be super real. Yeah. Um um the founder of Bridgewater talks about hyper-realism. Just, mm. uh, and realism is not a limitation of ambition. It's just yeah. an understanding of where one is. Yes. Um, and, then, and then that gives you a very good foundation. And then I would say the second thing is uh, we're talking about behavior. We're talking about mindset, right? Mm. Um, I'm a firm believer in... in how do, how do I put it? I'm a, I'm a firm believer in dreaming big, mm-hmm. but aiming low. I think it's, I think it's, it may, it must be Jordan Peterson who say part of the problem with modern, uh, you know, life is that people don't aim low enough. And what, and what he meant by that is that um, when you're trying to create habits, when you're trying to create change, mm. We often underestimate the importance of small steps. Mm, mm. Let me put it in another way. I ran a marathon, uh, mm. I think, three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, Congratulations, by the way. <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And um, two years before that, I couldn't run, you know, 5Ks. Mm. And... I remember this reading this book about running and the, and the book said look the first week just get buy shoes mm. wear your shoes walk around the block mm. come back take your shoes off take a shower you've done what you needed to do oh wow because because what you're doing is you're reprogramming your mind so if if I if I got the shoes and then I tried to run half a marathon that same day I'll mm. come back sick broken probably injured and i wouldn't run again mm-hmm. so so the reason i say aim low is just do something that you would do it wouldn't hurt so much but it would not be reversible it's something that you you're making a permanent change mm-hmm. so instead of going full blown out and let's say you have not saved a dollar in your life you've always spent more than you earn you're in debt instead of saying look i'm i'm next morning i've heard a podcast and i'm gonna save 80% of my money. It's, it's not going to work. Why don't mm. you just start with 1%, 5%, mm. 10% maybe? Because then you're making those daily steps. So yeah. this idea of aiming low and compounding those gains, it yeah. will literally astound someone who is listening and they want to make a change. As opposed to making this grand, big. I mean, of course, the destination is this grand, big uh, place. But it's the small steps that every day conscious uh, steps that you take 
in a way you're rewiring, you're, you're, you're evolving in, in your mindset about, about, about finances. So I think to me, those are the, we can break them down, but those are the two main issues. Um, now, obviously, after that, you, you know, you've done uh, financial peace. Um, uh, you know, you have to, you have to, part of being real is learning how to budget. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and, and a lot of people think of budget as constraints, uh, as, you know, as this mechanical thing. Really, a budget is just, you know, putting demarcations of where you're free. You know, once you've budgeted, um, then you're free to spend that money. You don't have to think very much. Imagine just spending money and you don't know where it went and, and then you come back. Because another thing, another thing with money is that it's, it's, it, they call it currency. It flows. It will flow um, mm. whether you want it or not. You, you can decide where it's going to flow, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to flow anyway. It's, it's, mm. the, it's the energy of money. Is that it's it's going to move. It's going to... It's going to uh, get spent. So this idea that you're a good steward, budgeting is really just putting demarcations, putting limitations and telling yourself, you know, you need to behave somewhere. Mm. You have a goal in mind. You can only spend this far. And mm. then once that is, especially if you have an accountability partner, once that is set, it's almost automatic. Whenever the delta, whenever the income is much higher than the expenditure that gives you freedom to spend to to invest that gives you freedom to start compounding the grains and then that that is you creating the financial freedom and peace that you're that you're looking for it's it's really simple but like i said it's it's small steps that one has to take and and so much of what you said is so, you know about but uh, mindset again when you said budgeting is putting demarcations where you are free hmm. so you're saying you know as with life in general, mm. you know, I could say I have free agency, I'm a free person, but I've decided mm. through my vision and my values, right? Mm. I've decided, uh, mm. given who I am and what God put me on earth to do, how mm. far my freedom goes, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes, I am free, yeah. but there are things I won't do, not because yeah. I'm not free to, but yeah. because of who I've decided I am and where I'm going yeah. and, and what it takes for me to get there. And, and, yeah. and I, yeah. Go ahead. You're, go only, ahead. You're, you're only free if you're going nowhere. Um, it, it, like let's let's imagine playing a game. Yeah. <laughs> what what makes what makes winning winning is because there are constraints. Imagine playing any game. Pick a game: basketball, football, yeah. um, chess, whatever game. Just say we're playing this game, and the and the rules of the game are there are no rules. That's not a game. It's not a game. A game has to have rules. And this game of life called purpose, yeah. vision. Yeah. Anytime you have a destination, anytime you have a vision, there must be rules. Yeah. Right? You can't just do anything. You can't just be with anyone. You can just spend money the way you want. It's not because you've lost your agency. Mm. It's because it's better to constrain yourself so that you concentrate your energy and money is just one form of that, of that energy to get you where you want to go. So, so, so um, I, think, I think when you're maybe younger, naive and uninformed, you, 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 you fetishize the idea of freedom. I can do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. But, but, but actually, the higher your calling, 
um, you know, the, the bigger your purpose, the more restricted you will be with what you can do with your time and, and with your resources. That's just the nature. That's just the nature of life. So, so again, it's it's a mindset thing. Saying uh, actually, it is very freeing for me to constrain myself so that I don't have to worry about a thousand different options. Once. Uh, I think it's Joe Biden who said this. I mean, show your budget. Show me. Don't show me what your priorities are. Just show me your budget. If you just gave me your budget, mm. I will know what you care about, right? So, so a budget is really a representation of your priorities. That's, this is what I care about. This is how. This is where I'm going to spend my money. Where your heart is, that's where your treasure is, right? So, so good. Mm. Um, you have you you you've done something i mean starting with me and and i this carries through i know people can hear it i know this is going to go right to the heart of who they are and where they want to go and mm-hmm. and the struggles you know when you when when you said when you're young and you know and and uninformed and naive there are people who are old uh, naive and uninformed or <laughs> And, and not because of, of yeah. just the, the, the innocence of childhood, but because mm. of the hard-headedness and, it, and, mm. and, uh, and the pride, right, mm. of adulthood. Um, mm. But I know this conversation we're having, it's, it suddenly struck me at the heart. Um, mm. A few days ago, my daughter wanted uh, slime. Or so, I don't know, she wanted something. And she said, because they decided they're combining their uh, allowance to get... Uh, a Nintendo Switch. And I'm like, I don't mm. even know if I want you guys to get a Nintendo Switch. I feel like you're going to be distracted. La, la, la. So they're mm. saving for that. They're like, Nintendo Switch or a puppy, mommy. And mm. then when she mentioned this slime that she wanted, she goes, don't take it from my allowance, mommy. Take it from my life savings. <laughs> so, cool. so like, okay, first of all, your life, you're going to buy slime with your life savings. <laughs> Secondly, the right. way she said life savings, I don't know mm-hmm. what idea my daughter has of what we have for, for that. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, like the blood drain. <laughs> Wait, a child, put out that word, my life <laughs> Like her entire life in her head is set. Yeah, and yeah. It, rather than shrinking or, 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 or looking to have a conversation with her to manage that, I mm. wanted us to grow so that mm. she could say it with that confidence because mm. that is what her and her sister uh, mm. have. So that mm. conversation and then today what you said that, look, wealth is what you have left over. Because mm. we're accumulating, we're doing this thing because we, we think, you know, more money, af- uh, with more money I can afford to spend, I think is what we think. Mm. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I want the promotion. I want to make them because with more money I can afford to spend mm. uh, for whatever reason we want the more things. Not that it's bad, mm-hmm. but many of us just feel like if we had more, we will get more. Mm-hmm. When yeah. actually the idea isn't really about getting, it's stewarding mm-hmm. yeah. so that there is freedom generationally. Yeah. Um, you know, to, to just fulfill God's purpose, to do what you want to do, to enjoy your life without mm. worrying about, oh, mm. but I got to clock in because I mm. need the money. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you, you've messed me up in, in, in a proper way. And that combined with, you know, my, my, my little confidence, you know, just take it from my life savings. Like, <laughs> you know, just. <laughs> you know, from baby. She, she knows she's good. <laughs> oh, wow. That, that is really impressed on me as a leader who. Yeah. I'm I'm not just in a position of leadership. Mm-hmm. I have 
accepted the call of leadership. Mm-hmm. And I know I cannot lead better, you know, others better than I lead myself. And I mm-hmm. know that's taking, you said, be 100% responsible, take 100% responsibility, you said, mm-hmm. and, 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 and be hyper-realistic about where you truly are mm-hmm. so that you can move forward. This has really mm-hmm. spoken that to me. Yeah. Now, you just mentioned that you offer a course. How do mm-hmm. people access that? Um, so... <laughs> Um, I, I offer direct one-on-one coaching. Okay. Um, and often this is when people get uh, in touch with me directly and we set up a, conversa- uh, a place to, to meet and, and have a conversation about what they need, do an assessment of whether they have an income problem or whether they have an expense problem or they have an investing problem. Because often, um, you know, people think they have one problem or the other, you mm. know, some people can, you know, can keep money. Some people just need to make more money because let's face it, sometimes um, there are limits to how much you can save. There, there are limits to how much you can be uh, careful with your money. So, so different people require different types of consultation and health, but usually um, people reach out to me via Twitter um, mm. It's the only platform that I, I am on. Uh, so usually people reach out to me via Twitter. Um, I go by at S Dandala. Um, mm-hmm. uh, send me a message uh, in my inbox and then we, we can arrange for, for, for a conversation. Um, I, I, I would like to dial in a little bit more on this um, idea of uh, hyperrealism. It's important for people to realize that um, whilst we feel like we are parts of uh, a part of a community or a group or, or a clique, um, personal finance is so personal mm-hmm. that you don't really know who, who the person next to you is financially, right? People, people could be in debt, uh, People could be struggling really badly, uh, or people could be doing really well, um, uh, but you wouldn't know because um, money is just like that. Our ability to conceal the affairs that we have financially, are, you know, are quite are quite impressive. Yeah. But that that tells us two things. That tells us that it's very dangerous to compare yourself to other people. And it also tells us that just because people look like they are okay uh, doesn't mean that uh, they are. Yeah. Really. And, and you, you see this. One of the saddest uh, times is, is when um, people get sick and the family has to take care of, of you know, an elderly person or, or somebody who's, who's struggling financially. And then, you know, here in Tanzania, a family has to come together, do a michango, you know, try and generate, you know, some money to, to take care of the, the sick person. Um, and that's when it's kind of revealed that, okay, so we actually don't have the, those resources, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or somebody has, has an emergency that needs taken care of, or there's an accident, or, you know, and, 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 
And I say that because um, I think it's important for people to start thinking about taking care of emergencies as a family. Uh, some years back, I sat down with my brothers. I, I'm, I'm, I'm the first of three brothers. Mm. And, and um, I said, look, guys, it's three of us. I don't want any surprises. So let's, let's set up a family fund. Mm. Uh, because if something happens, I don't want to. St- I don't want us to struggle. Yeah, we're okay now. Each one can sort of manage, but let's let's set up. Let's set up. Let's set up something mm. so that in good times we enjoy in peace. But also at times when it's raining, uh, we we are covered. And believe me, it's gonna rain. Mm. It's gonna rain on everyone, mm. right? So so. It's, it's very important to have these conversations with people that are close uh, to you, friends uh, who are dear to you, to just, you know, have this conversation. Mm-hmm. So, so it, it goes back to this personalization of your planning and your thinking and knowing that, you know, really just because you have these friends or, or, or you're part of this family that looks well doesn't mean that you individually are well. And you need to be thinking very strategically about that. And, 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 and this idea of comparison um, is also quite dangerous. And the best way I can explain it is because we compare ourselves, it's very easy to change goalposts for ourselves. Imagine you got your dream car. Mm-hmm. You, you got your dream Bentley, but you also got your dream chauffeur, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, you realize that all of your friends also have Bentleys and they're also chauffeur driven, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Your levels of happiness and joy are different mm. from when it's just you with a Bentley mm. and a chauffeur driven car mm. and a chauffeur driven Bentley. But imagine if you have your chauffeur driven Bentley mm. But everyone has a better car, whatever better it is, mm. right? Whatever that is better than Bentley, everyone has it. Mm. Suddenly, your levels of happiness are not necessarily the same. You have what you need, right? But you're always comparing yourself to what the rest of the people have. So often, we have what we need. But we are always making reference to the people around us. So one has to ask themselves, what exactly do I, what was I praying for? Because a lot of times we actually have what we were praying for, but, but we're comparing it to others. And, and it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a forever changing goalpost. It's something that keeps moving and moving and moving. That's why they call it a rat race or whatever race it is. So, so part of being responsible, honest, uh, personalizing this journey is saying, this is my goal and it's fixed. I don't care what Modesta has. Mm, mm. My, my, my dream is, is a Toyota um, VX mm. and I get it. I'm not, I'm not worried about Modesta's Bentley. And or this person's Porsche. Samuel, I'll have a chauffeur. Sorry, a chauffeur. Yeah, I'm not worrying about the chauffeur, right? Yeah. So, so, so the idea is this: this idea of personalizing your journey means that you run away from 
constant comparison. This is this is so profound. Because um, sometimes we say life happens, you know, it's life happens. I mean, life does happen, you know, like you said, rain will come, rain will fall. But some of some of life happening is, like you just said, like a planning, but also comparison. And in this case, not just moving your goalposts because of other people's, but sometimes moving them because of accommodating other people, because of the pressures mm-hmm. of being there. And I, yeah. and, and, and now that we're, you know, we're speaking to this purpose-driven leader that, that realizes, look, I need to look at uh, what it means to be wealthy differently and what that looks like mm-hmm. uh, to mm-hmm. putting the structures for myself so I can build generational wealth. How mm-hmm. can you help people, and I, and I think a lot of people have this syndrome, who feel bad for being in leadership, feel bad for having either like I, I owe it to other people to to do, even if I'm going to go over above uh, what mm-hmm. I had purposed to mm-hmm. give or purposed uh, to spend or um, yeah, either, either they, they feel bad or, or they want to show off like, you know, mm-hmm. like, how yeah. can somebody like me not have this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think feeling feeling that you know feeling some uh, you know feeling some guilt um, about um, having the means um, it's probably an indication of of something that uh, somebody needs to really dig deep into to to understand. W- why would one be uncomfortable with abundance, for example? Because um, that's, uh, you know, in some ways that's that's the natural order of things. Yeah. You know, you know, we serve a God who's going to bless us mm-hmm. exceedingly and abundantly above, right? Um, I also the 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 feeling of guilt. Because you're blessed, particularly when others are not maybe blessed to the level that you are, is natural. I think it shows kind of self-servant leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say just compassion, and that's compassion. That's that, that's compassion, yeah. right? When when you're helping, this is I think George Clayson said this. George Clayson, he thought he wrote a really nice fable. Um, called the richest man in in Babylon, mm, mm. and it says, when you're helping your neighbor, um, do it in a way that doesn't shift their burden onto you. Wow! Uh, uh, it's like borrowing money to help a friend because they they are in debt, so you borrow to pay their debt, so you become in debt. Yeah. Uh, and then you then then that's not how how you. You are. I mean, you have to be strong enough to help others. So if, if helping others weakens you, that defeats the purpose. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and you don't help the poor by becoming one of them. You help the poor by generating the resources first um, and, then, and then trying to pull as many people as possible. Now, this is very tricky. They call it black tax, right? Mm. This is this is very tricky because some of us who came from come from families that um, are very communal um, and you don't leave anyone behind, mm. it 
it's very easy to uh, it's very easy to be consumed with the needs of everyone else. Mm. But I got to tell you what Jesus said. You remember that story um, of a woman um, with the alabaster? I think it's a woman with the alabaster box. Yeah, yeah. Um, she comes, she pours the perfume on Jesus' feet. And, and they, what, what do the Pharisees say? They say, look, that's a very expensive uh, perfume. Yeah. If you sell that, imagine how many people you're going to help. Yeah. Right? And, and Jesus, Jesus actually quotes Moses because that, that's also in Deuteronomy. And he's, Jesus said, the poor you always have with you. Mm. Right? Mm. And, and I don't think Jesus meant don't help the poor. Mm. I think Jesus was saying, look, if you are preoccupied with helping every poor person, mm. you will get to a point where you also become poor yeah. because you've lost track of what you need to do to help people, yeah. right? So I think, I think there needs to be a balance, and this is where the budget will come in. Yeah. So the way I do it, um, on a month-to-month, week-to-week, I am very deliberate about setting aside a portion of the budget, which I call charity and social affairs. Mm, mm, mm. And when that budget is done, unfortunately, I can't do any more. Yeah. But the other thing is to train people. I think as leaders, naturally, we, are, we have that deep desire to empower people, right? Yeah. Um, to lift people up. And one of them, one of one of the ways to do it is to equip people with the, with the skills, with the knowledge mm. about personal finance. Mm. So I recruit um, at Deloitte. I recruit may an upwards of 10, 20 people every year. Mm. And yes, there's a technical training. Yes, there is. You know how this is how you audit. This is how you do tax. This is how you do that. But I set one specific training session for for every. Uh, you know, every time I have new joiners come in and I say, look, everything here is important. But remember, you're also here to earn money. Mm. And I want you to start investing. Mm. And if you need help with investing, the money that you're generating, let me know. You need to learn how to budget. You need to learn how to start very early. Because the good news is if you get... If you get a young person who's coming out of college or is in high school and you teach him the power of compounding mm. and they're 20, they're 21, they're 22, 23, it's almost automatic if they invest consistently, but that in 20 years they're going to be millionaires. Yeah. But the thing is, they don't see it that way. They don't see the little, the, what, what, it, what they feel as a little salary you know, making that big an impact. But if you start impact, imparting in them that knowledge and teaching them and showing them that, look, you can do this, you can do that, you can have a good time, but you can set aside 10, 20% of your, of your money and invest and you can see it grow. It makes a big difference. That is so good. That is so necessary. And this, is, this, this takes us back to our homes. This is that um, living to impart, right? Uh, the whole, the caring about the whole person as a leader, uh, and 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 having that impact, um, mm. and, and and instilling those values and those lessons. Mm. Like I like you also have a budget. You know, my husband and I we ha- we have a budget, and mm. uh, two months ago, that budget we had a, a sudden uh, death in the family, 
And mm. so that budget went toward that. But I'd also um, agreed to uh, to give toward a wedding. And I had to mm. let the person know, I am so sorry. Uh, yeah. This this is, you know, we usually have a budget and we had we mm. had this emergency and, and that had to go toward that. And of course, mm. they understood and I'm grateful. At least they gave the impression that they understood. Mm. Um, and the more you practice, the, the more yeah. you feel comfortable and the more people understand because they know your heart. They know you. If you don't practice it, it doesn't help anyone because you end up being very resentful yes. of the other person and yourself sometimes. Yeah, yeah. So it's a practice. Yeah. It's a practice. And usually people come around. Yeah. Yeah. They get on board. Yeah. Yeah. Even if initially they may, you know, they may, they may, you know, re react badly, but how other yeah. people react is, is their concern. Uh, you mm -hmm. do well by people. You, you live, you purpose what your mm. life is about and where you're going and, 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 and you live according to plan. Somebody mm. once told me, Modesta, you are stealing from your children's future. This giving mm. and being a matar. It's like, you know, you're not Christ. Wow. Right? Let people, there, there's some lessons people will learn by growing up. Stop enabling cycles yeah. that people sh you know, should by now have broken. And as yeah. you're doing that, because I remember in one instance, I literally took from my children's savings to give to somebody wow. else because I felt I felt bad. Uh, for them mm. and mm. I don't know what I was doing on my phone because I have these different accounts um, mm. together and one of the children saw that mm. in their account as I was scrolling so I think they were behind me in the car and I mm. heard them whisper to her sister like <laughs> I just saw our accounts I remember the last <laughs> time because I speak to them the last time they yeah. were this and, and I had made that withdrawal to help another mm. family just mm. so mm. we will get there um, but first, I, I think in finance, as with all other areas of leadership, it's only when you are able to steward yourself well that you can then take from that and build mm -hmm. from that to be able to support yeah. others as well. Yeah. You know what? I, I think I, I, I will need to have you back on this because you speaking about the process uh, has made me think about um, you feel more comfortable talking about something you live yourself that, you know, you like you. you as a leader, you can't impart things on people where you feel like I live completely incongruent to this. Like, like I'm just doing this because I'm their leader, but I'm on the same boat. Uh, there is something about having gone through the process and learned, and you're speaking from a place of experience and conviction than, you know, theory or just because I'm in this position and, you know, you, you come to me as a source, then I have to pretend to be a credible source. Um so I, I, I'd like, you know, I don't know if we're going to we're going to couch it around finances, but, you know, about leadership and and and, and uh, having the courage or the conviction of the things that you're leading people in. Uh, but that's the process helps you with that as well. You know, it, it refines you. And you, you when you stand and you're speaking or you're helping, it comes from a place of a great authenticity, not that you weren't being real or, or, or genuine, but this comes from a place of being tried and, and saying these things I speak of. I have proven them, you know, and they will benefit you. Uh, Simon, this, this, this has been phenomenal for me. I think absolutely everything you have shared and you have challenged us with and, and, and even encouraged us on uh, is really going to be golden to, uh, to our listeners. Guayo Asante Sana for your time and, and for uh, digging deep and reaching, reaching uh, down to, to, to unearth all of these nuggets for us. Asante sana Modesta, I honor what you do. Um, I, I can feel 
your passion and drive i think i think your 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 desire to help people is 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 reverberating Great. um you know everywhere um i've i've followed you for years um and um some of my friends are people who you have coached and trained and molded so I, I honor what you do and and really respect um the work that you're doing and, and you keep doing it um, i'm enjoying the podcast i i i have to tell you my favorite one is the, i think the one you did with um um imelda imelda momanga uh-huh, uh-huh. um the way i think you know there's just a lot of raw sort of vulnerability there and and and, and compassion and uh, it was just very real so um yeah keep up the, the great work uh we will we'll keep uh looking and, and watching as as you, you your reach and your impact is, is even magnified so i'm praying for you that this becomes an amazing 2024 I am grateful. Uh, for yourself and your family i am grateful and to you as well Thank you for joining us on the Modesto Mahiga 360 Leadership Podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast and share this episode to add value to another leader. Remember, prioritize your 360 leadership development because you can only lead others as well as you lead yourself. If you'd like to learn more about how we can support you with your leadership development, connect with us on ModestaMahiga.com. Have a great one. Bye.